Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, joined today by an old friend of the show, a good friend of the show as well, Craig Watkins, which means it's only, it can only mean really, really one thing, right? And uh, that one thing is that it's the AFC South preview. Trey, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing all right. Just trying to live, you know. World's tough, <laughs> but just trying to live, you know. Yeah, I, I, you know it. It there, it is tough times out there these days. But uh, you know, lucky enough to be able to to get get through it hopefully and 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 uh and make it through e- each day anything fun going on right now i am headed to Lollapalooza this weekend did you do anything exciting over the summer um not really uh, all i did was write work and uh work some more man so that's all i've been able to do actually uh, not an eventful summer but i don't like a whole bunch of stuff going on at the same time anyway so it's not the worst thing in the world yeah you know it does it is it is nice to be able to just kind of take a little bit of a break in the summer and uh but man i i don't know about you but uh i can taste it dude we're we are so close to having football on and uh it's gonna be so so cool when when we finally when we finally get to that part of the year uh let me ask you this you know you know how this podcast goes it's kind of a general overview of everything maybe we're, we're gonna obviously dig deep into the AFC South today what is one big NFL storyline that you're just really a fan of right now um, probably the battle between Jim Ursay and Jonathan Taylor, because seemingly out of nowhere, you know, it was, I wouldn't say expected, but maybe um, thought of that Jonathan Taylor would get an extension to stay in Indianapolis because he's been the lifeline of their offense for the past couple of years. And um, rightfully so, he deserves an extension. Series had some injury concerns in the past, but uh, if you consider, like I said, he's been a lifeline for that Colts offense for the past couple of years, you know, hey, you know, you would think the Colts would be willing to give him an extension. But apparently Jim Ursay has thrown a wrench into all of that. Um, it's just taking that entire situation public, you know, with his tweeting and everything and just causing a war of words, both privately and publicly with arguably your team's best player. So, um that's one thing. It's it's popped up out of nowhere over the past couple of weeks, but uh, seemingly it's on my mind now each and every time because now Taylor's um, requested a trade, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But that that's the main storyline for me that's been on my mind for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, I I, I think that 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 is right now a huge storyline is this battle for these running backs to be paid and you know it is just really fascinating to see how it's all how it is all playing out right now uh i wanted to ask you as well 
Um, I wanted to ask you as well, what something you were, sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit distracted here at the moment. Sorry. Let me close this out really quick. Um, I wanted to ask you more general, big NFL picture wise, something non AFC South related, anything there that's catching your eye, any big NFL storylines that you're looking forward to in the season, any teams that you're just really fascinated by? Well, I think the big team in the AFC, aside from the main powerhouses, is obviously the Jets. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, New York, um, a, a, a lot of optimism with the Jets for the first time in what seems like forever since the Ryan Fitzpatrick days when he instilled a lot of juice into that franchise that had been dead previously. So um, I'm, I'm pretty interested to see how the Jets stack up in the AFC East against the Bills. Uh, because if you remember last year, and, you know, maybe if you're not a Jets fan, you might not know, but the Jets had some pretty close games with the Bills last year. Um, the Jets won a game against the Bills, uh, and they had a real close defensive battle against the Bills later on in the season uh, up in Buffalo. So uh, we'll see if that defense can keep up, you know, the performance that they had last year. But we can see, we'll can we also see if that offense uh, will get the influx of talent and um, positivity that you would expect when you bring in somebody like Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I'm really interested in seeing what the Jets do this season. Uh, they have a lot of young talent on both sides of the ball. Um, and I'm just really interested to see if it all clicks together. Um, bonus thing really um, for me would probably be um, how I guess you could say the whole Texans thing goes. Mm. Similarly, because I was a big fan of the D'Amico Ryan's hire. Um, their draft plans weren't all that crazy, I guess you could say. I mean, you got Stroud, um, but you traded back up to get Will Anderson, which I don't know, seems like a weird move to me, especially when you kind of you could have kept those draft picks and gotten more depth in the later got more depth with the picks that you already had. So but um, I may, I am interested to see just how much progress the Texans make in year one. I'm not expecting some you know, gigantic rebound or some significant change from the past couple of years. Uh, but I am expecting some form of foundational change uh, when you bring in somebody like D'Amico Ryans, who is a proven good defensive coordinator, uh, a young guy that looks really, really uh, excited to lead the rebuild of this team that he's played so many years with. So, um, te the Texans, the Texans little rebuild project is probably another thing I'm going to keep a little bit of an eye on this year as well. What's your hottest take? Do you think right now? Hottest take right now. Hmm. That's tough. Cause I, I think generally when I think about the state of the league, I, I think everything is pretty grounded at this point, but if I had to throw out a hot take, Hmm. Here's this. I'll say the Bears, right? The Bears will um, add, let's say, actually, you know, I won't, I won't say that because I haven't looked at their schedule. I haven't looked at their schedule. That's that's not fair to me. I'll stick to something basic. I don't think the Jaguars are going to make the astronomical jump that a lot of people around the league think they're going to make. Um, Trevor Lawrence is still up and down. Uh, the defense is... I would say it isn't extremely young, still young in terms of age, I guess you could say. 
um, has talent there. But that Jaguars team still has some things to work through, I think, before they can, excuse me, be put into some upper echelon of division winners across the AFC. Um, I could be wrong. Might be wrong. Um, Trevor Lawrence could make that jump like many are expecting him to make. But right now, I just don't think the Jaguars are ready to make that jump just quite yet. Next year, though, um, probably, maybe, I think, uh, simply because that's another year of experience and they can go out and get some more weapons for Trevor Lawrence. I... I think you're cover you're you're like suddenly it's like we're 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 all the way in the AFC South preview. I mean, I yeah. I knew I knew what I knew which guy I was bringing on this this podcast. A man who is truly obsessed with uh, a man who's truly obsessed with the uh, with really the uh, a man who sorry a man truly obsessed with. Uh, the good old fashioned AFC South. So let's just get to the team that you you pay the most attention to and that you cover, obviously. But the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. and wow, what a different outlook they had than a, a month ago. Because you yep. go out and you get DeAndre Hopkins, and some of the moves they made this summer were like, oh, it, it looks like they're hitting the rebuild button, but suddenly. You know, your offense is not as terrible as it as it looked last year. You have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Traylon Burks, who the camp clips of him are, are kind of insane. And I know that you've been at Titans camp, so I'm interested your your take on him. And, you know, Nick Westbrook-Akine is a good third option. He's not great when he's your first option, but he, he's, a, he's a solid third option little bit of an upgrade across the offensive line. I have a few questions there, but overall the outlook for the Titans, I, I do feel like this, this team went from, Hey, maybe we're going to rebuild over the next couple of years to, okay, we're, we're still a team that's in looking to compete and be in playoff contention. What do you think about the, the Titans plan right now moving forward? I still think it's a bit of a weird mystery, um, simply because, you know, taking into account all the moves that they made over the summer, you know, you bring in Andre Dillard to bring your starting left tackle, you bring in Peter Skaronsky to be your starting left guard, you know, um, you bring in, um, well, not bring in, but you slide in Jamarco Jones, likely as your right tackle, a move I'm not really all that big of a fan of, uh, but uh, you slide Aaron Brewer over the center, you know, you know, might be a better fit uh, for him there. Uh, and, you know, you're just left with an offensive line that, although has some talent, I would say, it still uh, has a lot of question marks. Um, Andre Dillard is more so of a pass protector than a run blocker. Um, Peter Skaronsky, even though a lot of people were high on him. His potential to impact immediately coming into the league. He's still a rookie. You don't know what you're getting out of there. Aaron Brewer just wasn't good at guard last year at all. Um, mostly as a as a pass protector, as a run blocker, he's still able to use his athleticism, get off the ball, uh, and, and helping the Titans run scheme. So that's one advantage he has there. But how will you make the transition 
uh, over the center and then, you know, just right tackle. Right tackle is just a weird, weird spot for the Titans right now. Simply because their supposed starter, Nicholas Petit Frere, was suspended for the first six games of the year due to violations of the NFL's gambling policy, um, which he says he should have paid more attention to the policy more to avoid getting suspended. Just a weird situation all around. So now you're stuck with Jamarco Jones, who was signed last offseason, but didn't get barely any playing time at all because he was dealing with injuries. Um, he's supposedly the incumbent starting right tackle until you know Petit Frere gets back. Uh, and then behind them, you have guys like Jalen Duncan, a rookie out of Maryland. Uh, and then you have Chris Hubbard, who uh, the Titans signed over the past couple of weeks to add some more depth at that spot as well. So um, the offensive line is in a weird, weird spot right now. Um, I think with all the moves that they've made offensively, you know, of course you bring in DeAndre Hopkins, but existing still, you have Tannehill, who's still a good quarterback when he's in there. Derrick Henry, who has, you know, of course been Derrick Henry over the past couple of years. And you have Traylon Burks, who by all accounts has looked much, much better this offseason compared to last um, I saw him at camp this past Saturday. He looked a lot more explosive. Um, I, I guess you say he had a lot more get up with his release at the line. Um, he he seems a lot more faster, a lot more quicker, um, which is always a problem for defenses. We have a, a receiver that big uh, with that sort of frame that can run that fast and be that explosive. So um, he, he should be a, an exciting second year for Traylon Burks if he stays healthy. Uh, but of course, you know, Lastly, at tight end, you had Chica Conquo, who uh, was a really, really good passing option for the Titans last year, uh, assuming because he's a mismatch with his speed, with his athleticism, uh, and, of course, his ability after the catch, which is a really, really underrated part of his game. So um, the offense now looks, I would say, average at best. Well, not at best. I'll say below average at worst at this point. Uh, simply because there's still room for this offense to go, you know, to extend their ceiling uh, a, a lot farther than below average or have their, uh, their floor cave in beneath them because, you know, depending on the play of their offensive line. So uh, really the big key for them is to play their offensive line, how that unit can hold up because it's a brand new unit, really, a brand new unit, a lot of new guys um, that will take some time to jail and, you know, might take some time to uh, e even get their groove. You know, we don't even know that group's going to be good. You know, a, a good combination of guys yet. So uh, we'll see. But it, it's certainly a much better um, outlook offensively for the Titans than it was uh, a couple of months ago. Plus, you added their defense, which still good. Front seven is still really good. Their corners are young. Um, Christian Fulton, Sean Murphy, Bunting. Um, but those guys are really talented. Um, but they can add and, uh, you know, add what the Titans think they can add and stay healthy, then that corner group's going to be great. And then you have, of course, Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, um, a real good safety tandem. So this this Titans team all around looks really good on paper, um, it, but it has a lot of what-ifs um, associated with a lot of key areas, particularly the offensive line, the corner group, uh, maybe even that inside linebacker. So um, we'll see, but it's, it's trending upward compared to a couple of months ago, that's for sure. I'm surprised that you about your cautious optimism for the offense. I do think the offensive line is that's something Mike Frable coaches well and has a, a good coaching staff for. I do think they can 
be a solid group. I think Skaronsky is a really good ad, and I think they're going to at least be able to run the ball. If we still have questions about Derrick Henry at this point, I think that's fair, but I, I expect him to be kind of the same guy that he typically is. Maybe not prime Derrick Henry, but I, I certainly expect him to be anywhere between, you know, 900 and 1,200 yards this year. What what do you think about the running back depth that they do have and who are, who are the kind of change of pace backs for that backfield that could help Derrick, you know, carry that low? Because obviously – the Titans, even though they have DeAndre Hopkins now, like this wants this is built like a run first team. They want to play ball control offense and let their defense win them games because we'll get to the defense in a second, but the defense is very, very good. What do you make of the running back room behind Derrick Henry? Um, I think it's it has questions there as well. I mean, of course, there's Derrick Henry, but behind them, there's uh Tajay Spears, a rookie out of Tulane. Um Notably, his name is mostly known for the fact that um, he doesn't have a lot of good reputation uh, with the injury side of things. You know, if you didn't know, Tajay Spears doesn't have an ACL in one of his knees. Um, and, you know, I've seen and there's actually stories of running backs who've had success without ACLs and, you know, you know, without ACLs in their knees, particularly Frank Gore, who went on to have a really long career, effective career as well. Uh, but Tajay Spears is a guy that seemingly the Titans are going to depend on, hopefully for around maybe four or five years, maybe, and then see if he really needs a second contract. Odds are he might not get one simply because knee injuries uh, for a running back of his skill set, which is an explosive one-cut type of back, um, that's that doesn't you know produce a whole bunch of optimism. I don't think so. Um, Tajay Spears, you know, although good, you know, just for the future, it just doesn't feel all that comfortable. You know, concerning with his injury situation, the behind him, you have Hassan Haskins, who um, it, it, I, I don't really know, don't know what to make of Hassan Hassan Haskins as a player in terms of his ceiling and floor. I just know the guy is really a bulldozer and really a, a not really a slow mover, you would say, but more of a guy that isn't going to be some explosive, uh, hit the hole type of back and you know burst into the back, burst into the secondary and really cause you some problems. So, um, plus the fact that he has that, um arrest on hanging over his head and turns some assault charges between him and his uh, partner that he had earlier in the summer. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with that. So we have to keep that in mind. Uh, and then you have Julius Chestnut who impressed last summer in camp preseason, but we don't know if he's really going to be uh, some sort of main roster stay. He's probably going to be a guy that gets cut. Hopefully the Titans uh, can get him through waivers again. That's probably from their standpoint. Uh, and then they can keep him on the practice squad. But the, the death behind Henry, you know, it, it's it has questions. You know, it has questions. Certainly some talent there, particularly with Tajay Spears, who I'm actually kind of interested to see how things shake out with him. Uh, but the death behind Henry is full of questions and, you know, not any of the good ones, I guess you could say. The defense. On paper, Starting 11, huge fan. Always have been, always will be with Mike Brable as a head coach. I want to make a statement here, though, Trey. 
uh, looking at this defense, they have one, two, three, four, five, six of their 11 starters, I would say that have troubling injury histories and are injury prone players. And I don't know if there's a thinner defense in the NFL. I mean, they don't even, they don't even have a backup right defensive end right now. Like I was, I was doing some roster research earlier today and like they, they just seem super on paper, at least they seem super thin everywhere on defense. And that concerns me for a defense that just has not been able to stay healthy. No, you're not wrong at all, especially uh, up on the front seven. I mean, of course, the starters. The starters are going to be your bread and butter. Jeffrey Simmons, Tierra Tart, Harold Landry, probably Arden Key as well, uh, since you know he can come in, stay in, in there as a run defender on early downs uh, and really give you some versatility there as a pass rusher as well. But, of course, Danico Autry, and there for uh, added depth along the defensive line as well. Um, another name that's really been uh, moving along around the Titans is Jaden Peavy, second-year guy, undrafted guy. Uh, Titans like his development where he's coming along with his development uh, with this summer so far during camp. Um, of course, there's Naquan Jones as well. He's been a man staying on the roster as a deaf guy as well. Uh, but certainly, Peavy and Naquan Jones don't really give you uh, the same level of quality as someone like a Jeffrey Simmons or a Tier Tart, who Tier Tart, nope, really one of the more underrated uh, nose tackles in all the league because he's simply just a space eater, a people mover. He's a really, really uh, good nose tackle, one that doesn't get a lot of attention as well. So, uh, but of course, Harold Landry, too, he's coming off an ACL tear. Uh, we don't know how he's going to look, but, you know, behind him, there isn't a whole bunch of death there as well. Uh, which is concerning there as well. I mean, the only, you know, actually, I can't even, you know, think of any other uh, notable deaf guys behind Landry and Arden Key, which is, of course, concerning. So I, I think the Titans will probably be relying on an in-house or a, a C as we go approach in terms of deaf and outside linebacker or edge rusher, which hasn't really worked all that well for the Titans in the past. But, you know, I'm not in Rand Carthen and I'm not in control of the roster. So my opinion means nothing at you know, at the end of the day. Um, but I mentioned inside, whoops, I'm sorry. I mentioned inside linebacker earlier. Um, they lost David Long, but they brought in Aziz Alshire, who really, I guess you could say, fits the mold of what David Long was last year or over the past couple of years, which is a thumper and a guy that can run downhill and really cause some problems in the run game. Um, but alongside him, there isn't really a lot of, balance i guess you could say um because monty rice is there of course um but he's more of a thumper and more of a run guy as well that's why i've seen um a lot of jack gibbons um you know a lot of people might not know this but jack gibbons was a guy that mike Vrabel loved last year gave him some snaps towards the end of the season when injuries were piling up defensively he's more of a guy that has a lot more range and speed to make plays and coverage but he's just not that level of quality to where you could say, okay, I'm comfortable uh, leaving Gibbons right next to Al Shire, and, I, and you can say, okay, that's a that's a real good starting uh, inside linebacker tandem with balance, you know, you know, not really in terms of talent, but maybe in terms of skill set, sure. Uh, but in talent, it just doesn't just doesn't really all that compare it that much. Um, corner, 
I mean, and this is where you mentioned that the injury proneness is. Christian Fulton is really the big what if with this corner group in terms of health. Christian Fulton has missed a lot of time and it's been in and out of the lineup over the last couple of years due to various injuries. Um, we don't know why these injuries have been such a prevalent thing for him, but he's been injured and in and out of the lineup a lot and it's left the Titans in some pretty bad spots because they haven't been able to build a lot of quality depth behind them. Um, of course, maybe Trey Avery. Um, of course, it's another young guy that's gotten some snaps over the had you know some snaps last season uh in the preseason and of course over the regular season he impressed there as well but I mean certainly not a starting corner he went out there right uh but you know I think now the Titans have some depth to fill in in case Christian Fulton is forced to miss time. Sean Murphy Bunting came over from Tampa Bay. He was an injured guy as well. Um signed a one year deal with the Titans in the offseason just to show that you know he could still do it. Um, of course, and then they're moving Roger McCreary inside to nickel. He was an outside guy last year. Um, uh, well, for the most part, because of injuries, but he was switching in, you know, in between being an outside guy and an inside guy at nickel. Uh, but he's making that transition to a full time nickel guy this year as well. Um, of course, you have Elijah Moulton there as a deaf guy who I believe a couple of years ago he had a real good rookie season. 2022 was battling a lot of injuries in and out of lineup. He should be in there as a as a third safety, maybe a dime safety, maybe a, a nickel corner as well. Um, all in all, the Titans have a little bit more depth in the secondary, um, except at safety, which the depth there is actually kind of concerning, um, especially with the fact that Amani Hooker is an injury-prone guy as well. So, um, But you're right about it being – you know, the Titans defense had, you know, have been concerning in terms of not having a lot of depth, uh, considering the fact that this union is always often injured. So um, I, I don't know what the Titans plan is at that spot. I don't know how they're going to keep up with that depth and keep up with the injuries that are still, I guess you could say, maybe expect to come because of how the Titans play defensively. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting season for sure with that defense. But if they can stay healthy, that's certainly a top ten unit at worst because that 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 unit top at the top is really really good when you compare it to a lot of teams or compared to a lot of other teams on paper. That's a lot of information on the Titans. A lot of information on the Titans. A lot of good information on the Titans. We'll get to how we feel about how the division plays out at the very end. But I want to move on to now the team that many consider to be the division favorite, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I want to come back to your hot take that you had earlier, that you're you're not such a fan of some of the Jags hype. Defensively, I will just say I totally agree. There, there are some part, parts defensively, but I – I don't understand. They still don't have very good cornerbacks. I don't know how they're going to hold up in pass protection, but they have a really good looking front seven to me um, that I, I think played well last year and has a lot of young developing players on it. I think Devin Lloyd could have a massive season this year uh, coming back at, at, in his second year, as well as Chad Muma, who who saw the field a lot last year as well. But my biggest thing is this. I, I'm I'm confused as to why you don't think the offense is going to take a step forward. Because to me, 
they're doing the thing that all these great franchises did. You know, the Eagles gave Jalen Hurts AJ Brown, the Bills gave Josh Allen uh Stefan Diggs, the Bengals gave Joe Burrow, you know, Jamar Chase. I think people forget how good of a receiver Calvin Ridley is. The last time we saw Calvin Ridley pull up, play a full season, he was outperforming prime Julio Jones. Like, this guy is an insanely good player, and I think it's kind of disrespectful to think that they're not going to take a step forward with him involved. I think he's going to have a massive year. I think the Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley connection is going to be huge in things like fantasy football. I would buy high on him for sure. They've got a decent supporting cast around him. I just wonder why you think that they'll slow down. Are you just not a Trevor Lawrence fan? I feel like he's shown enough to think that with new weapons around him, potentially this year he can make the jump from being, you know, a top 10-ish quarterback to being in the conversation for no doubt top five. Well, that that's fair to have a more positive take on the Jaguars. I'm not extremely down on their offense at all. In fact, I, it's really uh, uh, one of the more talented, one of the more um, interesting uh, offenses positively uh, across the league because of just how much, you know, I wouldn't say underrated, but I guess you could say talent that's flying under the radar when you compare it to a lot of other uh, names at their respective positions. Um, you know, I love Travis Ntn. I love the McClemson. <laughs> I, I really love the McClemson. Um, Christian Kirk, even though he destroyed the wide receiver market and led to the Titans trading away AJ Brown, um, he's certainly a good receiver for what Doug Peterson wants to do in that offense. He uses him creatively. Uh, I, I really like how Christian Kirk fits in that offense. Um, excuse me. Of course, I'm a big fan of Calvin Ridley as well. Um. When it comes to wide receivers, I'm really a guy that just I'm a sucker for watching wide receivers just ooze class when they're running routes, man. That's why I was such a big fan of Judy Jones or uh, um, well, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy. Yes, Jerry Judy. <laughs> when he was coming out of Alabama, man, I was just a sucker for him watching his routes because he was look, you know, so advanced as a route runner at the college level. Um, so I, I'm a sucker for watching Calvin Ridley and his route running, especially when you go back to Atlanta, you know, like you said, when he was outperforming Julio Jones, um, certainly caught some heads as well. Um, of course, Zay Jones is still there as well. You know, not some household name, but certainly a guy that contributes a lot to that offense as well. Um, and Evan Ingram, I mean, I didn't expect Evan Ingram to have the season that he had last year. Did you? I mean, nobody expected Evan Ingram to have, have the season that he had. I mean, he always had the physical uh, will to do it. You know, he's fast for the position, nice size for the position as well. It's just, he's had a really, really, really bad problem with drops throughout his entire career. So uh, not a lot of people took it seriously, but, you know, he improved and he really put in a good season for the Jaguars last year. Um it's not the fact that I'm just down completely on this Jaguars offense. It's just the fact that, you know, one, well, two things. One, you're right. I'm not the biggest, biggest Trevor Lawrence fan at all, simply because he has a really bad problem with turnovers, a really, really bad problem with turnovers. They just haven't gone away, even as he's been in the league. Uh, for our, I guess this is his fourth year, I believe, going in now, third or fourth. 
but turnovers are just a big, big problem with him uh, as well. Also, because I know this Jaguars offense had, you know, their moments uh, during the tail end of the last season, but the cohesiveness and everything really just wasn't there, really. Um, it more so, it's more so about feeling and more so about what I've seen um, and how I really feel, unless, you know, the Jaguars change my opinion, per se. That's that's really uh, what I'm going with for my second point. I just don't really see it right now. Um, of course, that can change, but right now I just don't really see it. Uh, so that's really my big thing as to why I'm not super, like, high on the Jags taking this gigantic step. Um, but, of course, I could be wrong as well. I'm, I'm wrong a, a good amount of the time anyway, simply because the world hates me, you know? So... Uh, but that, that's really my my reason on why I'm not super, super high on the Jacks like everybody else. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm pretty, you know, I I am pretty. I'm I will say this. I am. High on the Jags as an AFC South team, but I'm not quite there that I'm with you, but I'm not quite there yet with the Trevor Lawrence hype that, oh, he's up there with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm not quite there yet. Like he's kind of still to me a little bit below Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and kind of in that like weird half tier between like, pretty good AFC quarterback and, you know, just under the top three AFC quarterbacks, if that makes sense to you. Like he's kind of trapped in a middle zone right now. And while I do think he'll be, he'll be good this year. I don't know if they'll be good enough to actually compete for anything other than the division. Do you think that's a, a, a fair assessment? Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if they win the division by a solid margin and maybe they win a playoff game or two, but I don't, I think their absolute ceiling is the AFC title game. I, 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 I do not really view them as a Super Bowl threat. I don't really think there's their ceiling is anything above maybe the AFC division round because just of how much depth hmm. is in the top, you know, echelon of the AFC. I mean, do you really think the Jaguars can go on the road and, Let's say everything's completely normal. Um, everybody's healthy. Everybody's good. You think the Jaguars can go on the road and beat a team like Kansas City, beat a team like Cincinnati, beat a team like Buffalo? Um, and if everything goes well with uh, the Jets, you think they can go over there and beat the Jets with how good that Jets defense is? You know, I really don't think so. Um, so that I, I do agree that the Jags are really a team that can win the AFC South by two games or three games and win a playoff game. Uh, but I really think them to go to a higher level than the AFC divisional round, they're going to need a lot more pieces and a lot more superstar pedigree, maybe uh, on both sides of the ball. So um, that that's really where I stand with the Jacks. So I, I I I do agree with you on some points of that though, as well there. Um. So where do we go next here? Do we want to talk Colts? Do we want to talk, uh, Texans? Let's talk Colts, man. Colts. 
All right. Let's talk the good old-fashioned horseshoes who have been making a lot of rounds for all the wrong reasons. Well, I will say this. Um, it's good that the camp reports about Anthony Richardson are good. I do end up thinking, like, I do think he'll be their week one starter. Do you think that's fair to say? I do think that that... It, and even more so if they do end up moving Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor doesn't play. I think they're going to try to throw him into the fire as quickly as possible because he just needs, because uh, he just needs reps really at, at any level, at a high level of football. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get, um, I think he's, you know, based on what we've been hearing over the past couple of days, I think he's trending to be the full-time starter for week one, which um, I don't know how to really feel about that, considering how uh, how questionable this offense looks right now. Um, of course, Shane Steichen, I mean, his, his work with the Eagles and his work with Jalen Hurts can't be denied there as well, but... In Indy, you don't have an A.J. Brown. You don't have a Devontae Smith. You don't have uh, a Dallas Goddard. You don't have that offensive line. Um, if Jonathan Taylor is there, I mean, you do have a good running game. But other than that, you just don't really have a foundation to see a whole bunch of excess early on, unless some type of crazy anomaly occurs. But early on, you, you just don't really see any sort of pathway for that offense to – uh, have a lot of consistent consistent success early on, uh, which is always my worry with a, a a younger quarterback that still has some things to work out when he's uh, getting to the league. So hopefully, you know, he can work it out because I always hate to see young quarterbacks with a lot of talent uh, fail and just pass off into the wayside. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen with Anthony Richardson. But for year one, it just doesn't – I don't see how it works in year one. He'll have his highlight moments for sure because he's just that talented of a player. But in terms of having consistent success overall in year one, I, I just don't see it at all. I really don't. So you don't think Anthony Richardson works out? I think, well, for right now, I mean, I can't really answer that because the Colts haven't. This is only year one. <laughs> we haven't even hit the first preseason game. Um, right. The Colts still have to add weapons and everything around the guy so he can get a fair shot and a fair look. But, you know, unless they luck their way into some crazy good wide receiver trade or one of their guys, Michael Pittman, you know, junior specifically, rounds out into some real household name, a guy that's proven that could be a real threat for defenses. Um I just don't see how he has a whole lot of success, you know, and I guess say a whole lot of consistent success and a, a, a whole, uh, um, whole, I guess you could say round of success from season from game one to game 17 or week one to week 18 uh, simply because, you know, it's just not, you know, the pieces around him aren't all that advantageous for him to do so. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. The the one thing that you do look at, they just if they don't have Jonathan Taylor, they just don't have a lot of explosive players on this offense. Not at all. At I all. mean, they, they're just 
they're just kind of they're just kind of talent poor where you need skill uh, at the skill positions and even you know even the offensive line is is crazy questionable yeah 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 anyhow we'll say chris ballard has a He's under a lot of pressure. He was under a lot of pressure over the last couple of years when some, some, well, maybe not some, many thought he should have been canned and sent to Wayside because he just didn't do a, a good job of providing his offense with weapons. He's under a lot of pressure because this is probably the best quarterback prospect they've gotten, well, since luck, actually, since he retired. Um, so if you mess this up, he, you know, Indy fans are going to want his head on the pipe, on the stick, and he's going to be gone. So he's under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Anyhow, the defense looks pretty solid still. But, you know, I don't know, dude. The Colts, to me, they're interesting only because of Anthony Richardson. I don't know. Is that a fair is that a fair thing to say? No, that's fair. That's totally fair. Because, you know, what other guys or names really screams, okay, this team can be something to look out for. I mean, if you're a real deal football guy, um, maybe Quentin Nelson, you know, of course, you know, he, he had that down year last year, but he's still a supremely talented football player. But over on the defensive side, I mean, they just look barren aside from Kenny Moore, uh, Shaq Leonard, and uh, DeForest Buckner. You know, Grover Stewart is there too. Quiddy Pay, this young guy with some talent as well. Julian Blackman is young as well. Um, but other than that, I mean, what's there? I mean, really, what's there? I'm not even trying to be, you know, a douche or a prick, but really, what is there? You know, so the Colts just aren't. Uh, uh, an exciting football team on paper and really on the field, they don't look to be an exciting football team either. So yeah, that's, that's a fair assumption in my opinion as well. Yeah. Anyhow, the Houston Texans, I Weird. I just think I'm happy for Houston Texans fans. That's that's what I'll that's what I'll that is that is what I'll say. I'm just happy for Houston Texans fans because for the first time in about three years, we're gonna put out a competitive football team. And and say what you will, Trey, but this will be a competitive football team. CJ Stroud, Damian Pierce was very good last year, a good offensive line. The you know. The wide receiver core is a little bit sketchy. You know, Nico Collins has never been um yeah. Nico Collins has never Nico Collins has Nico Collins has never really come through before, but man, CJ Stroud, what a what a what a what a time uh to be alive to get Nico Collins, an actual quarterback. So we'll see if that pans out. Robert Woods, a little old, a little washed, but hey, still a decent NFL wide receiver. And John Mechie, man, just a, a speed demon coming out of the draft. 
interested to see how he plays out. And I mean, they get him a, a safety blanket. People forget how good Dalton Schultz was last year yeah. as Dak Prescott's safety blanket. I loved that pickup for them later in free agency. They've got a decent offensive line. I don't know, dude. It wouldn't shock me if this offense is the league average. I, 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 I like, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like the tight, I like the Texans offense enough. I think they'll be able to stay competitive this year, which they just haven't been able to do in past years. For sure. And that's mostly it's all because the quarterback and offensive line play it has been bottom of the barrel for the last couple of years, man. Um, I'm sure Texans fans are going to be happy to not watch Davis Mills. I know I am because Davis Mills is probably one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen over the last couple of years. He's just been that bad. Um, but of course, based on looking on paper, this, this team looks to be a run oriented offense. I mean, Damian Pierce, man, I uh, talk about a guy that nobody expected to have the season that he had last year, just a, a tackle breaking machine really just giving the Texans a chance offensively when they probably shouldn't have had any chance uh, at all. So um, I'm really excited to see how he builds upon his rookie season. Um, I am really with you on that Dalton Schultz pickup. I don't think anybody expected Dalton Schultz to just, you know, randomly wander his way over to the Texans uh, when he could have gone to a more contending team and gotten uh, um, probably more notoriety and recognition. So um, that's a that's a really smooth pickup for the Texans offensively. Um, uh, you know, of course, their offensive line as well. You really hit the nail on the head with their offensive line. I mean, Shaq Mason's there. Titus Howard's a good player. Larry Tunsil, one of the best left tackles in football. King and Green's a young guy as well. Um, so there's some optimism there, really. Like you said, for the first time in years, this is going to be a competitive football team with an offense that won't be dead. <laughs> so... Uh, really exciting for Texas fans. Really exciting for them there as well. Yeah, it it should it should be interesting. Defense still looks a little thin. You yep. know, it'll be interesting to see what Will Anderson is. He's been a guy that from for years now has been receiving NFL hype. I'm interested to see how how much of an impact he has. Like, is he in a a potential defensive player of the defensive rookie of the year candidate right off the bat. And do we see the dominance early or does it take him some time to kind of settle in? Want to see what Derek Stingley looks like year two year one was up and down at best, man. I, 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 I have a lot of reasons to just be intrigued by the Texans. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to do much. I still think they're probably floating around four to six wins, yeah. but they, they, they certainly do look like a competitive NFL roster, but going in the right direction. And I feel like D'Amico Ryans is a, is a good fit for them. And I, I think if, if CJ Stroud pans out, you never know. You could be, you could be back on top in this division in no time. It, 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 it does feel like right now the Texans, as far as future outlook goes, of the kind of bottom tier NFL teams, they have a, a pretty good outlook after what has been a tough couple of years. For sure, for sure. You know, it's all, and it's all, if it does work out, it's all going to be because of the young talent they've amassed, you know, over the past couple of years, specifically uh, last year and this year, man. So um, I'm really excited to see how they do um, defensively. You know, Sheldon Rankins, you know, always a good football player. I'm also Jalen Petre, man. Um, Jalen Petre flew a lot under the radar last year. Um, Typically, Thumping safeties that make a lot of tackles, man. 
especially on bad teams, they fly on the radar a ton. But that guy can really uh, impose his will physically as a tackler, man. So um, really excited to see how his development shapes out this year as well. Plus, he was a rookie last year. He did all that as a rookie, man. He was a really, really intriguing football player in his rookie year. So um, that defense, that offense could combine for um, – I wouldn't say a, a crazy contending team. Actually, not a crazy contending team, but a team that'll contend for the AFC South, not even a playoff spot either. Uh, but the team, like you said, will be competitive, and teams will have to actually try against and won't have and won't have the opportunity to just chill and coast against when they do have the Texans on their schedule. So uh, kudos for the kudos to the Texans, man. You know, like you said, they've had a rough couple of past years, man. Just really pathetic products on the field, but. Now it seems like things are on up, and you know you can only feel happy for Texas fans. So good for them. All righty, with that, we wrap up our AFC South preview. Trey, once again, as always, fun time talking with you. I do have to ask you this question. You know how this show goes. Uh, I, I I miss I miss working with you a lot, and I I hope you're doing well. You gotta be honest with me, man. How many times am I gonna have a Broncos meltdown this season on this podcast? We'll set the over under at about two and a half. Two and a half? Oh, I'm smashing the over on that. Okay. I'm smashing so you, the over. You on think that. it's gonna be a tough year? <laughs> oh I I don't know. That's the, I, I don't know because I mean I like Sean Payton I really think the a lot of the problems with Russell Wilson was due to Nathaniel Hackett and him being you know a hack um and you know I don't know I mean of course you know they've already had some question you know some unqu- unfortunate things happen to their wide receiver core Tim Patrick went down with that Achilles injury KJ Hamler you know the heart thing which I really hope works out for him because I know that any heart problem is a scary scary thing so um I all in all I just hope things work out for the Broncos man because one you know it's unfortunate to see you melt down because of this team and two because the NFL needs more teams uh, you know based in football heritage like the Broncos to be good so Kudos and hopes to the Broncos to being good this year and being kind to you, Eric. Thank you, Trey. I need it. I really do need it. I need I need this year to be not a disaster. <laughs> it if if it is a disaster, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be tough. I I, I really am hoping that this year is the year that you know we can just breathe and say to ourselves give eric a decent year i mean i'd be happy anything less than nine wins i'll be disappointed in and and of course you know me my my dreaded zone is i don't want to be between six and eight wins because then you could like especially this year like if we're gonna suck let's just like really suck and get caleb williams uh i don't think that's possible i think the roster is too mediocre for that uh but We'll see what we'll see what ends up happening. Trey, where can people find you on social media? Where can people find your work? And then let's get out of here, man. Um, you can find me on social media per usual at Trey Watkins09 on Twitter, man. Um 
fighting stuff per usual. Um, really, I'm just not as active on Twitter now as I used to be because, you know, I have a lot more going on in my 23-year-old uneventful life. But, um, yeah, if you ever are interested about the Titans and how the Titan, if you're ever interested in Mike Vrabel, I know a lot of people are, uh, you can find me there on Twitter. Uh, my work um, is... It's more so on a new site that's making around. It's called Stack in the Inbox. It's being run by one of my good friends. Um, his handle is F Words Pod, um, but his real name is Zach Lyons. He's a data driven guy, a, 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 a real notable guy in the Titans fan sphere uh, that's real passionate about the Titans, real passionate about the data, and also real passionate about just having good content, period. Not even just data driven content, but just good content in general, though. So. Um, if you do want to find my word there on Stack in the Inbox, you can uh, go over there. You can get a free subscription on Substack, man. You won't regret it. Uh, me, Zach, and also Stony Keeley over there. He's a real funny guy and fun guy as well. So uh, you'll find all of our content over there at Stack in the Inbox, man. Uh, we're going to have you know some real fun content for this season coming up as well. Um, should be an intriguing season of content because of just how weird and wacky the Titans are right now. So uh, if you're interested, go over to Stack in the Inbox. Uh, get you a free little subscription over there for um, the newsletter. Uh, and if you're interested, you can invest in one of the paid options, man. We really appreciate it. So uh, if you want to go over there, give yourself a little free subscription. If you're interested, paid option there as well. Um, but also, if, if you're interested on in our Twitter stuff, of course, me at TreyWalkins099. Zach Lyons at F Words Pod uh, and Stony Keely. I, I can't remember his his at name, but you should just look up Stony Keely and you'll find him there. So, um, yeah, that's really all I have for there. So, yeah. Trey, thank you very much, man. Really appreciate it. Uh-huh. And uh, you know what? We will uh, we'll absolutely see you next time. Uh, ho- hoping everything goes uh Hoping everything goes well for you this season and hoping we can get you on a little bit during the regular season too. So, so we can catch up on, on, uh, on, on stuff then as well. Thanks again for joining me, Trey. We will be back next week at some point, expect the rest of a week to be pretty quiet. Two podcast episodes out early this week. We'll be taking a break later this week as I'm out of town. We will be back with another division preview, hopefully next week. And then uh, next weekend, keep an eye out for Pioneer Pigskin, the college football show will be back. Until then, we will see you next time. Peace out.